Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Orris, your host, and today we'll be talking about a whole bunch of fantastic films, including The Fate of the Furious, the Promise, Finding Oscar, Tommy's Honor, and also The Lost City of Z. All right, now we're going to start off the show with talking to Naeem, who is 11 and lives in New York, Narjun, who is 16 and what and lives in Nashville, about the new Fast and Furious movie, The Fate of the Furious. So, Naeem, what did you think about this action-packed film? Okay, the movie was stunning. The action was... It, the action literally blew my mind. I couldn't believe how good the animation was and all the stunts they did. It, it really blew my mind when I saw it. Well, that is good to hear. Arjun, let's address the elephants of the room. There has been a lot of Fast and Furious movies now. Do you think the series is getting a little dry, or do you think they can keep pumping out these action-packed car movies with no worry? I think they can keep uh, pumping up these action-packed movies. I was a little worried going into this movie because the trailers, to be honest, look like a parody of the Fast and the Furious movies, but it still had the same heart and, like, charm the other movies did. And, you know, despite it may always seem like just some nonsense, they, you always have, like, these the characters and their dialogues to help, like, keep the movies get elevated. Now, I do, I am a little afraid that after a while we will get a little bored of this and they're going to have to take it to the next level. They won't be able to, but for right now, they've got it. And, Naeem, can you tell us the story of the film? Okay, so the story is, so, so there's this team, the Fast and the Furious team, and um, I don't want to give too much spoilers, but somebody on the team betrays that team to go on a um, different team that's really evil and wants to start a new war or take over the world and the rest of his old team has to go and try and fight and try and prevent the other team from um, conquering the world and starting a new world war. Well, that's a pretty high stakes. So Arjun, what did you think of the story and how do you think it compares to the old ones? Like, do you think it's quite a change or do you think it's just kind of the same thing again? I think they did like a few different elements here. Of course, you got one guy betraying the team, so it, it has a really interesting hook. And you got a lot more espionage spy stuff, which I really enjoyed in the movie. So it really did feel like a different Fast and the Furious movie without losing the same charm it has with the drag races and like the car involved action scenes. Yeah, I do feel like the story seems like they're turning more into some sort of spies or covert and agents instead of uh, racers who just race cars a lot, which is kind of an interesting turn in plot. Now, Naeem, what the Fast and Furious movie is really famous for is the action. So can you just talk about the action in this film and how does it relate to the older films? Does it stand up or does it stick out better? How does it come out? Okay, so I have only saw one of the Fast and the Furious movies. And from what I saw in that one, 
Um, the graphics were still great, and the animation, or not the graphics, but the animation and all the stunts and stuff were really good. But I think this movie has the best graphics yet. Uh, the graphics, like, how? They had submarines coming, breaking through ice and, like, coming up it, through the floor. It was really stunning. I couldn't have better graphics than that in a movie. You know, it is pretty amazing what Hollywood can do with CGI these days. They can make submarines come out of ice, or they can recreate people's faces to make them look like completely other people. It's just spectacular. Now, Arjun, same question for you. What do you think of the action? How do you think it relates to the older films? Now, it's amazing to once think this franchise is just about drag races, and now it's gone to, like, some spy movie things, which I which I really just, like, I, I find a hard time believing it. I really like it. I think that the action in this movie is some of the best yet. I mean, I still like the fifth one the best. I mean, I think that had the best action scenes. But I do like how they do take a little bit of breaks from the action scenes to properly explain story or spend time with the characters. But there's still, like, enough action to satisfy the audience. Well, that is very good to hear. So, Arjun, my next question is for you, and I have to ask you. Not what is your favorite scene, but what is your favorite stunt? Like, in all the films, they pull some crazy stunt. So what would you say your favorite stunt is? Okay, so in this movie, it's probably got to be the um, the scene in New York. I'm not going to spoil, but it involves hacked cars, and um, it is pretty amazing. But out of the whole franchise, I think it's definitely got to be the climax of the fifth movie, where they take, like, the, um, the uh, wall and they start, like, smashing cars with it it's just but the movie still has plenty of good stunts so arjun can you give us what do you think would be the proper age for this film and how many stars would you give this film i think i'd give it a 10 to i'd give it an age range of 10 to 18 um because of some of the intense action and like some of the language and i would give this a star rating of four out of five stars I did feel at some point some of the dialogue was a little bit too, like, unfunny and, like, they tried to be funny and they tried too hard. But for the most part, it worked well. And Naeem, how about you? Do you agree on the age rating, the star rating, or do you have a different opinion? Um, I agree on the age rating, 10 to 18, because of, like, all the profanity and violence and stuff. And I give it a four and a half out of five stars because... I don't want to ruin it because it might be like important, like to know to not know before you watch the movie. But there's this one person who doesn't really talk a lot, and he like just stares there, sits there, looking really intense. And I kind of didn't really like that because he was one of the main characters, and at most he had like thirty or forty lines, maybe even less, which I really didn't like because I wanted to hear him talk more. Hmm. Very interesting. You're listening to Kids First Coming Traction on the Voice America Kids Network. And right now we are going to continue talking about the fate of the Furious film. But we are going to talk to Morgan instead. Morgan is 12 and lives in Los Angeles. So Morgan, what did you think of the fate of the Furious? Well, I actually think the fate of the Furious is action-packed. It's fast-paced. And it has twists and turns like never before. And I'm not just talking about the twists and turns that these epic cars make when they're racing. I'm actually talking about the twists and turns in the movie plot because they are fantastic. And it, the 
movie followed the storyline perfectly. And most movies, when you get really hyped up about them, you're like, eh, whatever, you know. Once you see it, you're like, darn, that sucked. But this one really does live up to the name. And you're like, wow, that was just simply fascinating. Well, that is very good to hear. One of the aspects that is always famous in uh, Fast and Furious is the acting. We have, of course, standard people that are in all the films, like Ben Diesel, who plays Dom, and Dwayne Johnson, who plays Hobbs. What do you think of the whole cast and their performance in this specific film? Well, I think the whole cast did a really intelligent and really great job because each character had their own little quirks and they were each very smart and intelligent and they were just fun and energetic and you could really feel the energy that they had with each other and that was really great and it really bonded you into the film and one of my favorite characters personally was Charlize Theron who played Cypher. I really liked her because she is a girl who wants to get her own way or else and I like that about her personality and she's really just perfect the way that she plays the character now i also want to ask you about the comedy because in the previous segment we kind of talked about how the comedy almost seemed a little forced at times so what do you think of the comedy i think the comedy was all right i think that it was very um sometimes it was a little forced but at the same time it was okay and some of the jokes might fly over kids heads but other than that it is still age appropriate and it still is great for adults as well as kids well, that is good to hear. And speaking of adults and kids, what age range do you give it? I would definitely give this the age range of probably 10 to 18 because kids and adults will love the graphics, the fun characters, and the um, action-packed scenes. And adults will also like the humor. And like I said, there are a few jokes and such. But also, there is a bit of violence. But other than that, it is okay for the age range of 10 to 18 because it doesn't really get gory or anything like that. So you'd say it's a pretty good family film. Yeah, it is a good family film, especially for, like, teenagers, because um, most teenagers want to see things that are action-packed at the same time being funny and things that they can relate to, and it does have a lot about technology, because Cypher is, like, a person who wants to really uh, hack into computers. She even knows how to hack into submarines, tanks, cars, and... Uh, she can be able to use that, and that's really awesome, the way she can do that. And one of my personal favorite scenes is when Charlize Theron, um, Cypher, is saying, let it rain, and it starts raining cars from the sky. And she hacks into all the cars, and that's like, whoa, that just happened. And I want to give a note to everybody to bring popcorn, because this is a popcorn flick, and you're going to be wanting to eat it and be like, that just happened. Amazing! You know, I really like that all these action movies are now taking the kind of cyber perspective and, and element and incorporating that into the action. That is really cool to see, and it really does come out well. How many stars would you give this film, and why? I would definitely give this five out of five racing cars because this is a really um, fun film. At the same time, I'm having the fantastic cast, the great, amazing graphics, and everything. It's just perfect, and the scenes are action-packed, and everything is just tied together with a giant bow on a car on top, and you're just like, it's just perfect the way that they were able to bring it all together with everything. Well, thank you, Morgan, so much for talking to me about The Fate of Furious. 
Thank you. And I also want to make a note to everybody to make sure to check this out at IMAX at a theater near you on April 14th. So um, it's actually available in theaters right now. And it's brought to you by Universal Studios. So check it out. Well, like you just heard from Morgan, it is now in theaters near you. So definitely check it out. We now have three critics' opinions on the radio show. So you got uh, plenty of choices to choose from if you want to go to this film. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and this week's show is sponsored by Sonic Underground Volume 2. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We were just talking about the new Fast and Furious film, which is called The Fate of the Furious. Now we're going to be talking about also a new film, which is called The Promise. We're going to be talking to it with Tristan, who is 14 and lives in Dallas. So, Tristan, what did you think about The Promise? Um, I wasn't expecting anything about The Promise, actually, but... It was a really entertaining and intriguing movie. Um, it was very like action packed and went through this whole elaborate adventure and story. Um, Mikael Pogerson, I think is how you say his last name, played by Oscar Isaac, who did a great job as him. He he really did a good job um, voicing the character. I felt like, uh, but so it took place during the start of World War Two. And it was about how the Turkish uh, Turkey tried to commit mass genocide against the Armenian people um, during the start of World War II. So I really like history. I'm a huge fan of it. So that's why I enjoyed this movie a lot. Now, I was reading about this and I saw that this was the biggest film that talked about the Armenian genocide today, like with the biggest budget, biggest cast. So what did you think of its uh, portrayal of the genocide? Because... It's not really widely known, it's not really widely educated, but it still did exist and it did affect a lot of people. So what did you think of that? 
Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Like, I just learned about this in high school a few weeks ago. So I, I had it fresh on my mind, and I didn't know much of what the movie was going to be about when it started um, because I didn't, I didn't research it. I was looking forward to going into it fresh um, and with an open mind. So I was really excited to see this. I was really happy. I haven't heard many movies. I know there's been a couple, but I haven't heard many movies like this being made. They did a great job representing it. There was so much that I recognized and remembered. Um, there was like a love triangle going throughout the film between Miguel and um, another girl and a guy played by uh, Christian Bale. His name was Chris Myers. And I really liked that, even though it wasn't the main theme of the movie. It was one of the main themes. I feel like they did a great representation. It, it really stood out to me, and it was historical, and it, I felt like it stayed true to the origins. And another aspect of this film, it is very historical. It's also based on a true story, which I personally found really cool. But it seems like there's a lot of elements to the plot. You got some action, you got some adventure, you got a love triangle romance, which involves drama. So do you think that they put too many elements in one film, or do you think it flows pretty well? Oh, yeah, totally. It flowed really well because it wasn't it wasn't all at once. Like, they would have... The, throughout the whole movie, it was really historical and focused on the Armenian people. But throughout the movie, also at different parts, the love and romance aspect would come into it and play into the historical side of it really well. It, it, it just, it really felt natural. It felt like a completely true story. I know it was based on one. The historical aspect was just, as I can say it so many times, was so good. It felt so realistic to me because it was. I really felt for the Armenian people and everything from the love triangle to the historical aspect to all the different characters it 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 really flowed well in my opinion it wasn't distracting at all well that is very important for films and i feel like one of the other things that allows them to flow very well is the acting so how is the acting you already list a couple of cast members like christian bale who plays chris myers and oscar isaac who plays michael bugazine i think that's how you pronounce that i'm sorry if i mispronounced that so what did you think of the acting for the whole cast for the whole cast, it was really good. Um, Charlotte LeBon, I think is how you say her name. She played the third, the female in the love triangle. She was, she did a great job because how it happened was Oscar Isaac was in another relationship and he didn't want to be in the relationship, and so he fell in love with Charlotte LeBon. Well, Charlotte LeBon was with um, Chris Myers, played by. Um, played by Christian Bale, sorry, and it, it really worked out well because they were both in relationships, but they wanted to be together, but the other people in their relationships didn't want them to be together, and I thought it was really nice because it didn't take up too much of the movie, like there's still a lot of historical aspects to it, but this, this was a big part of the movie but it didn't take up the whole thing if that makes sense well that is good to hear because it does sound like a very complex plot by the way charlotte lebon plays anna in the film you're listening to kids first come attractions and right now we are just talking about the film the promise with tristan we're specifically talking about kind of romantic perspective and the actors and how they did in those roles and how much of the film it took place and how smooth it was but I have to ask you, out of all the scenes and out of all the aspects, what would you say your favorite scene is? My favorite scene has to be when um, Miguel, played by Oscar Isaac, 
he was he was escaping from the Turks because he was in a slave camp. So he was able to hitch a ride on this train. So he fell asleep on top of the train, and I thought I thought there was, it showed a lot because of how exhausted he was and how much he just he wanted to escape. That scene was so emotional. But he woke up because it started raining, and he was hearing all of these people crying out because it was raining. And he crawled down to the side of the train and saw the train was transporting all of these Armenian people, most likely to their dooms. I don't know. But it was so emotional because he tried to help them escape, and I won't spoil it, but that scene was just, it was so good and so impactful because of how it was shot, the cinematography, and all of that stuff. It does seem like a very important scene, and honestly, it just made me a little bit cry when you were describing it because it does seem like a very impactful scene. Speaking of impactful, would you say the film is uh, inspirational, and if so, what's the message of the film? Uh, the film was very inspirational. I think the message out of this film is never to give up because Miguel going through all the troubles and the Armenian people in general, how they never gave up. They tried to escape um, and they eventually did escape. But it was just it was so inspirational because of all this stuff they went through. And the Turkish people, Turkey still hasn't actually admitted to committing this to this day. Um but it was so inspirational because of how much stuff you went through. Like, if you watch this movie, and I suggest to go watch this movie, especially if you like history, even if you like romance, go watch this movie because it does have action in it as well. It was it was inspirational because, like I've said, everything they had to go through and all the different characters. And each character kind of had to go through something different, like Miguel and Chris. They both had to go through something different but they were both connected together, if that makes sense. It was, it really was inspirational. Now, a lot of films like these, they are beautiful, inspirational films, but they are also very mature. So what age range do you give The Promise? I give it 13 to 18. It didn't have much profanity in it. I think it had a couple of swear words, but there were some parts. It was, it was pretty intense because of what the Turkish people tried to do and how the war started to break out and the different things because Miguel is a medical, or he went to Constantinople to become a medical student when the World War II broke out. And the things he kind of has to go through as a medical student, it does get pretty mature at sometimes, especially with the romance, it gets mature. Um, but still, 13 to 18, I think, is a great rating for age. And, and how many stars do you give it? I give it 3.5 out of 5 stars. I, I want to adjust it a little bit higher, but I think it's good right there because it's it's really well balanced. But why not 5 out of 5 stars? It was missing some things. Like, some of the character development was a little bit off. I feel like some characters could be developed a little bit more, but everything that was there in the movie was really good. Um, I feel like they could have built upon it a little bit more, if that makes sense. So you'd say it's not that the film was bad, they just missed a lot of opportunities. Yes, it had, it had a lot of more opportunities to be even greater, but the stuff that they had in the movie was really good. Yeah, I do feel like some films do make that mistake, and it's disappointing to see such good opportunities missed out. But still, it seems like a great film, and for the viewers, if you'd like to check out this film, it is now in theaters near you. Tristan, thank you so much for talking to me about The Promise. Thank you.
Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Tractions, and this week's show is sponsored by Sonic Underground Volume 2. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking about The Promise and The Fate of the Furious. Right now I'm going to be talking to the wonderful Jerry Ors about the new documentary film, Finding Oscar. We'll later be talking about Tommy's Honor and The Lost City of Z. This show is sponsored by Sonic the Hedgehog Underground Volume 2. So, Jerry, um, let's get right into it. Now, this documentary is very interesting because it's about the Guatemalan Civil War, a topic that is not talked about enough, but it's we're still recovering over this. So, tell us a bit about what this documentary tackles. So, this documentary does talk about the Guatemalan Civil War, but specifically it talks about one event during the Civil War in the 1980s. It talks about this massacre that happened in Dos Aires which is just a small little village inside Guatemala. Pretty much the story behind it is the rebels were attacking a convoy that was owned by the government. The government quickly assumed since the village was close by, there was some connection there. They then send uh, some special ops from the government to investigate this village, but the investigation doesn't exactly go like an investigation should. They don't find any weapons or really any intel on the rebels, but they still torment the people of the village, the men, women, and children. Sadly, in the morning, they kill almost everybody in the village despite having no connection to the rebels and burn down the village. Only two boys survive. Those two boys then go to the families of the people who murdered the boys' families. And it pretty much focuses on the aftermath of that in recent years when people and their stories of trying to bring the special op soldiers to justice who did these horrendous crimes. And they interview not only the two boys and others who witnessed this, but also the soldiers themselves. 
and one of those boys meaning Oscar, right? Yes, Oscar is one of the boys and one of the harder ones to find who that turned out to live in the United States. Now, what's interesting about this is that we're still covering over this long decades of war that happened in Guatemala. Uh, I even remember reading something about there was actually the man who there was still going through trials and persecuting the men who viciously assaulted and abused women in these rural villages. So this this still is we're still covering over this. So with documentaries, there's usually a, a call to action, something that want that they want their audience to leave they leave behind. What is this documentary trying to get audience to rise up against? You know, there wasn't really a call to action, like they literally said to do this, but I think there was kind of quieter message to educate yourselves on the things that they do. I was able to talk to the director at an event for this film, and he talked about how he was actually trying to put this story, this film, into schools in Guatemala, because despite how horrible what happened, Guatemala didn't really recognize this and didn't really try to do anything to persecute these people who did some such vicious things. So I think it would be really good to educate others. If you see this film and you learn about the story, educate people, talk to your family, your friends about the story, just kind of spread the message. I think that was kind of the quieter message, the call to action that the documentary had. Certainly. Now, what made this documentary particularly interesting to you as just a regular moviegoer? First of all, it talked about a topic that nobody else is really talking about. There's a couple of films, that maybe one or two stories that talk about what happened in Dos Eras, and it wasn't exactly a popular topic in Guatemala. The director also talked about how he kind of had to may or may not lie to the Guatemalan government what he was doing there because he couldn't exactly say that he was doing this because the Guatemalan government didn't support it. So I thought it was really good of the cast and crew to go there despite not that being, being them not really being there. And they talked about how they were in very sticky situations, you could say that. They were in pretty dangerous situations. So I think it's special because it talks about a subject that no one else really wants to touch and it's not really meant to be talked about either. Very interesting. And that obviously the, uh, the director, Ryan Suffren, really took a risk while making this film because, again, you got to do that kind of things when making a movie. You got to take risks, and especially of a story that, as important as this, needs to be shown to the public. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakeslee, and this show is sponsored by Sonic the Hedgehog Underground Volume. We're going to be talking about films such as we're going to be talking about The Lost City of Z and also Tommy's Honor, but we're going to continue talking to Jerry about Finding Oscar. Now, Jerry, why do you feel like this topic is such a, a difficult subject matter to not only interpret into film, but also just, just to bring aware to people? Because it's a very complex situation and a lot of elements that meant that made this to exist that people don't really know about. They don't really teach in schools unless you go to advanced history classes about the Guatemalan Civil War or about this massacre despite it being a very terrible one that affected a lot of people. And that means that you pretty much have to explain every aspect of it and everything that happened around it in a two-hour documentary. And honestly, I just have to say the writers did an absolutely phenomenal job of that because 
they explain they explain in chronological order. You go on a path. You they tell it as a story. You begin with the Civil War, then they tell you about the massacre, then they tell you about the aftermath, then they tell you about the end of the Civil War, then they tell you about what's going on today with people trying to bring these people to justice. Now, what do you feel like this film? Um, you were t- you were talking about that how the story is told in the documentary. It goes from the beginning, gives some history, and then it goes into our main focus. How is this film executed? Well, cinematically. So it's it's not really told as a documentary. Of course, it has the standard interviews with historians and things like that. But it's honestly also told more like as a normal film, like a normal story plot film that's not a documentary, which I thought was a really good idea because I love documentaries that don't try, just force knowledge on you and you expect you to just sit there and learn it. I like films that tell stories, and this one really did tell a compelling and it was a horrible story, but it was a story that caught my attention and it made me cry and made me smile because... Another thing I liked about the story is at the beginning, it is very sad, it is very devastating. But at the end, and I don't really want to spoil it, but a lot of good things happen. There's a lot of hope and justice that comes at the end, which I really liked. And I thought that was a fantastic, fantastic end. And it's really good that it was all based off real world events, of course. Certainly. Uh, So when you say it's not shot like a documentary can you elaborate more on that and how this this film is uniquely executed so it's more shot like a story you know it's generally when you have documentaries they present the information and then they support it this one did it a little differently they didn't even really talk about what exactly they're doing of trying to bring these people to justice until it came up in a chronological order. That means that you spend a lot of time not talking about your main message, but that does mean that people get to learn a lot more about the subject, which I really liked and I thought that was a great idea. And it was also shot, I don't really know how to explain it, you'd have to watch it, but in the cinematography and how the historian's voiceover was there, it was more shot in a story-oriented way instead of an educational way. I see, and that makes, I believe that coming from what you're saying, it makes it even more investing. It's more, again, films are emotionally, try to grab you emotionally, and that's what films do. And it does that while also trying to, of course, educate you with a subject matter that's just not dealt with. Now, uh, Jerry, what would you say, how many stars did you give this, and what would you say is the age rating for such a interesting topic? So I can get us started with the age range. I'd say it is a pretty mature film because of how many dark things they talk about. There is some very mature aspects of the massacre. So I give an age rating of 13 to 18. I do think anybody above 13 should watch this just because it educates you so much. I give it five out of five stars because it tells a lot of information in a compelling way. And it has a pretty short run. It has a two-hour runtime, but keeps you entertained throughout the whole thing. And it has beautiful cinematography. The everything about this film, I just loved it. The pace, the directing, everything. Now, before we go to break, you mentioned that you talked to the director, which is an absolute privilege, I'm sure. I want you. Uh, is there anything else that he talked about that was that you could share with us about him making this film? Yeah, so he had a Q&A event, and I was able to talk to him later, but he told a lot of things. Like, one of the things I found the most interesting is that how he even came up with the idea for this film of doing this project. 
is at the very end, there's a court hearing with the two boys and, well, the two men at that point, and they are talking about what happened there. And that's where he actually first started the project. He was doing it in reverse order. He heard about the story from this court hearing, and then he went to Guatemala and started from the beginning, which I really thought was kind of an interesting fact. And really, to be to do it in reverse, it didn't look like that. It looked smooth. It looked chronological, which is impressive. Absolutely fascinating. Well, thank you so much, Jay, for talking about this film. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for letting me talk about it. This film is in selected theaters, so if you want to go check it out, which I strongly recommend, go to the website FindingOscar.com. There's uh, there's a list of all the screenings and different theaters that this film is showing. Also, make sure to go check out the ProPublic.org to talk about more information about the Guatemalan Civil War. Again, education is power, and we need to learn more about our history. Well, with that said, let's take a break. I am your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Sonic the Hedgehog Underground Volume 2. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program. Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking about The Fate of the Furious, The Promise, and Finding Oscar. We're going to continue the show with talking to Ella about Tommy's Honor, and then later we're going to talk about The Lost City of Z. Now, we seem to be having a theme. We're talking about history, and we're going to continue this this trend we're talking about tommy's honor which is a historical drama film about get ready the interesting aspect of golfing but it sounds like actually an interesting film and right now we're going to talk to ella about it so um ella tell us a bit about this film and uh what did you enjoy about it uh well the film is about a father-son duo 
who's very interested in the game of golf, and the younger son is was the best golfer of the 19th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I liked about it was how emotional it was and how raw it was, and it really touched me deeply, and that's the main thing I liked about it. Now, as much as I joke around, uh, I love sports films. I'm not a sporty guy. I can never imagine myself keep continuing to do sports. But I do love the kind of, the genre of sports films. It's just something so, as you said, raw, emotional, and just gut-wrenching about it. Like, remember the Titans, or 42, or all those other films. So what made this film particularly special as a, as a sports film? Was there anything unique about it? Well, for me, it wasn't really the sports aspect that really touched me emotionally. It was uh, the romance between the main character, Tommy Jr., and his wife. Mm-hmm. And I just, but it was just very, as I said before, emotional and very deeply touching. And well, elaborate on that. What made it emotionally raw and touching to you seeing this film? Well, it, I don't want to give too much away, but I mean, some very tragic events occurred and it made it that much more, like, it made it that much more special and that much more, intri- like, interesting and intriguing. Indeed, empathetic. Like um, very, I feel like many uh, many of us could uh, relate to tragedy, and that's what I feel like what movies are for. It's relating to the characters. Uh, so, you feel like this was this film fueled by the actors? Would you say? Uh, most definitely, yes. Uh, I feel like the actors really portrayed their characters very well. It was very honest and. It was just, it felt real to me, mm-hmm. and that's important for actors to do in movies. And I didn't feel like it was fake at all or, like, ingenuine, and that's important. Now, uh, this film was um, filmed in many locations in Scotland, Edinburgh, Musselburgh. Uh, what did you think about the cinematography in this film I think it was absolutely amazing that's another aspect of the film that really impressed me just the view of everything like the way they the way they shot it and the locations they shot it in like the architecture and the green fields and the oceans were just really spectacular now this film it was debuted in the United Kingdom, off uh, in Europe, and in Scotland. Now, even though they, they we share a lot of things in common, there is something different about BBC films, the um, British broadcasting channel, that is different than American films. Certainly, uh, the tone, the sense of humor. So, was there anything that you kind of felt was different about this film that separated it from like general American films that people should look out for? Uh, Well, I think it definitely incorporated the culture of Scotland into the film, like Scottish music, 
and it's very the sense of humor in the film was very like it was kind of dry humor in a way so that was and it's usually like humor in american films is more like is more laugh out loud and obvious well not very subtle but that's 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 british entertainment with dry humor monty python the lobster but that's interesting so, um, Ella, how many stars would you give this film, and what would you say is your age recommendation? I would give it five out of five stars because the whole, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time, and it was very entertaining as well as absolutely heart-wrenching. And I'd say the age range is, I'd say, uh, ten, like 10 and up because of the, the themes and the heart, like, the tragedy and probably actually probably older than 10 probably like 12 and up i'd say very good then well seems like my kind of film my father was a golfer and well this seems like a very interesting film so thank you so much ella for talking about this film you're welcome thanks for having me tommy's honor is out in theaters now in america so please go check it out and your local listings and special screenings we're going to be switching it over to our new segment. This this show is uh, this show is sponsored by Sonic the Hedgehog Underground Volume Two, and we're going to continue the show of talking with Laura about the Lost City of Z. Thank you so much, Laura, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. So, uh, tell us a little bit about this film. This uh, well, first of all, have you read the book? It is based off of the Lost City of Z, a tale of deadly obsession in the Amazon. Ooh, long title. Well, unfortunately, I haven't read the book, but after seeing this movie, I definitely want to check it out. As being an avid reader myself, I love reading books, and after checking this out, I definitely want to read the book. Well, fantastic. See, the thing is, though, I, I ask that question because I get in this kind of hard debate with people who say, like, oh, the book is always better than the movie, or, like, the, the movie ruined the book, and my argument to that is just... They're two different mediums of storytelling. One's more visual and to the point, and the other one just allows you to be more immersed into it. Books can be a bit more detailed. So, uh, with this, so with films that are based off books, I just feel like you gotta calm down. As, as I hopefully this film was entertaining enough for you. So, what did you think about this film? I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's also a historical. Um, based off of true events movie and I think having the like the film paid much attention to detail it went into detail about every little thing the history was very accurate um, in some documentaries or in a lot of historical films you don't really see them go into that much detail especially about um, information that wasn't during our time it was before um, anything that we know, so things that are kind of a little touchy based on what we don't actually know. This was dated back towards the early 1900s, so we didn't have much information off the Lost City of Z, but I think they touched on a lot of the information in detail, and I think they did a great job of that. Now, this film takes place in the Amazon jungle, and that's uh, a beautiful area, so tell us a bit about how this film like captured the beauty of it. 
it had a realistic Amazonian look. It had lots of luscious plant life. It had rushing rivers. It had many villages of so-called savages of different tribes that lived throughout the Amazon. And I think a, um, a lot of it was just very detailed. A lot of plants, a lot of Amazonian creatures, just everything. There was so much packed into it. Well, fantastic. So I'm testing a bit about the uh, protagonist because it's not a good adventure movie unless your protagonist is complex. Well, the protagonist was British explorer Percy Fawcett, who was played by Charlie Hunnam, and he found various artifacts that um, was evidence of the lost city. Now, Percy Fawcett was very, how do you say, he was very adamant about his ideas about the lost city of Z. He was very enthusiastic, and he, had, he was very brave, he was ambitious, he had lots of great qualities for a main character, but he also had some negative qualities, as you should look for in a main character. I think his ambitiousness and his um, his ambitiousness like led to some of his downfalls, and he went into the Amazon so many times, which led to unfortunate events. So I think his um, prided characteristic was also his downfall, and I think having such a complex and dynamic character really added to the story. Well, Charlie Hunman is is a very capable actor. I've seen some of his previous roles, and he's coming out with a new movie, actually, on um, King Arthur. So it's great to see him in here. So what about the other actors? I mean, you got Tom Holland, Robert Pattinson, Sian Miller, so many different actors. Um, Jack Fawcett, who was played by Tom Holland, his son, didn't have as much of a role as as expected since he's his son mm. but I think he was a great actor and then Robert Pattinson who played his aide-de-camp Henry Costin was also marvelous in his job he um, helped out the main character a lot and I think each character was dynamic on its own and I think they all did a great job of their acting well, fantastic. Well, um, final question. How many stars did you give this, and what is your age range? Uh, I give it five out of five stars. The history in it is just amazing. I loved it. And the age range would be 13 to 18 because it was very vivid. Like, some of the tribes were described as cannibalistic, and I think the younger age group wouldn't be able to tolerate that. Or there were a few things that might have been incapable for them to handle, but I recommend 13 to 18. Also, I think adults would enjoy this too because of its history. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a very interesting film. Certainly a lot of adventure and a lot of education about this film, so I can't wait to go check it out. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for talking about The Lost City of Z. This film is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. Well, this show is sponsored by Sonic the Hedgehog Underground Volume 2. Thank you for listening. If you want to go check out our latest reviews and red carpet events, go check out our website, www.kidsfirst.org. Also, check out our YouTube channel of the same name. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesy. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you for listening.
you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. 